0: And today we're going to get into the sermon called Battle Ready. And the opening statement of today's sermon is simply this. To get battle ready, you don't need just need proper training. You need proper attire. To get battle ready, you don't just need proper training, you need proper attire, and the attire that God gives us throughout this battle is pretty awesome. The attire that he's given us is not just, oh, this is something neat, I want you to wear this as the body of Christ. No, God specifically designed the attire that we're supposed to wear according to the enemy and the way he attacks. It's kind of like if you wear the the military camouflage and you wear the desert camo, what color is it? It's tan, it fits in with the surroundings, it fits in with the color of dirt, (laughs) If you are in the Arctic, you wear the Arctic camo, and it's the whites and the grays, and that's my favorite one by far. But if you are in the normal green area of the earth, you wear the normal military camouflage that you blend in. So your attire is designed for the specific area of warfare that you're going into. That's what it is like in the natural military. But it's no different what God designed for us to wear with the attire that he called us to wear. If you wear uh, attire that is not suited for the condition you're in, it's kind of like having a tank in the middle of the ocean. It does you no good. Or it's kind of like having a ship on land. It does you no good. A ship was to to be designed to go out in the sea, and a tank was designed to be on land. And so the attire that God gave us, you must begin to wear it properly so you can be victorious in every setting of your life. And so now the question we ask is, we know we're probably getting into the full armor of God, and that's the attire that he's given us. But here's the question I want you to ask yourself is, why, why the specific order that it's in in the Bible? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Why did God not start out with the amazing uh, uh, noble pieces, the ones that are most notable with the helmet of salvation and uh, the sword of the Spirit? No, he starts out with the belt of truth, and we'll get into that in just a little bit here this morning. Ask yourself, why did God mention these in the specific order that he mentioned them in? And then ask yourself, how? How do I wear them to get max use out of them and not just... Do something cliche for the body of christ and so those are the two questions we're going to begin to answer to this morning and the armor was designed because of the specific enemy we face and i'm going to talk more about the devil in the next 20 minutes than i've ever talked about in the history of my ministry probably together okay i don't talk about the devil much he doesn't deserve my time he doesn't deserve uh who i am he doesn't deserve my anointing so i just i do what the bible says i resist him and so in resisting i just don't even bring him up I keep my eyes fixed on Jesus, but there's certain things you need to begin to understand and know about your adversary not focus on him But a couple key points that you need to begin to know about him Have you ever wondered why the devil uses three different terms? They use um, well, there's actually several different terms three of the main ones are they got the word devil They got the word Satan and then they got the term uh, angel of light, you know They they use those three terms. Well, we're going to go through this just a little bit. And the term devil comes from the Greek word diabolos. Diabolos, D-I-A-B-O-L-O-S is where they get that word from. And it's two different words combined together. And dia literally means this. It carries the idea of piercing or penetrating through. So dia means to pierce or to penetrate through. Through and bolos means to throw and in the literal term is I throw and so as throwing a ball or a rock or a weapon Such as a spear so when you combine those words dia and bolos You literally get this the term devil means to throw at you a rock or a weapon until it Penetrates through you and penetrates through the barriers of you That's why every time the word devil is used you that needs to begin to come to your mind So when the Bible says something about the devil, you got to remember it was a relentless attack where the devil is hurling things at them, trying to break through and penetrate the barriers that God has set up to take you captive. So that's what the devil means. The literal definition of this is, when you combine the words, it's this. it depicts the repeated act of throwing a rock or a spear or something until it penetrates a barrier and breaks through to the other side. If you want to use this in a spiritual term, the definition you can use is devil, one who continually strikes and strikes again, beating against the walls of one's mind until he finally breaks through and penetrates their thought process. That's all the devil's doing all day long is hurling stuff at you, trying to break you down. Trying to break you down. Have you ever said this phrase, I just can't seem to get it out of my head, right? Something bad happens and you're playing it over and over. I just can't seem to get it out of my head. And then you say, the devil just doesn't seem to leave me alone. You are absolutely correct because his job is to throw things and penetrate your thought process in your head all day long until he gains victory over you. That's That's his method of attack. That's what he does. Now you go down to the term Satan, and Satan literally is this in the Hebrew. It's Shatana, and this is his uh, proper name, I guess you could say. And so the actual term means to hate and to accuse. To hate and to accuse. So the one who hates you is throwing accusations at you all day long through the devil or his mode of action. He's throwing it at you all day long, trying to break through your thought process and take you over and take you captive. So Satan, the one who uh, hates you and is accusing you, is throwing stuff at you all day long, trying to take you captive by his method of the devil, okay? By his method of Diabolos. That's what he does. That's how he operates. That's his mode of operation. Listen to this. The Bible says, And I heard a loud cry in heaven, saying, Now salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. Everybody say amen. And it says, So they have come, now listen to this, for the accuser of our brothers, Satan, has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before god so satan's up there accusing you day and night before god now some of you are saying well how is satan in heaven well are you in heaven right now spiritually you are physically you're here but if god is omnipresent and is in all places at once that means there's some contact between the realm of darkness and the realm of light okay so it doesn't mean satan is at the throne room of god right now saying God, you know, Joel's stupid. God, you know, Joel's an idiot. God, you know, Joel sinned last week. He's not doing that. But because God is omnipresent, every accusation that he gives, God can automatically hear it. Does that make sense? God is omnipresent. Satan is not. God can be all places at once. Satan can't. So Satan is the accuser of the brethren, and he's throwing accusations that are possibly true, okay, let me say this, that are possibly factual about you at your God. Fact, Joel probably sinned last week. Everybody says, I know. <laughs> fact, you probably sinned last week. That's the fact. So, you know what the devil's doing with that sin? He's hurling it at you and he's accusing you before God all at the same time. That's what he's doing. And the Bible says, day and night this is what he does. But listen to this. The great thing is this. that says the devil day and night accuses you before God, but the Bible says in Hebrews 7 25, Jesus also ever lives to intercede on your behalf before God. So when the devil's saying Joel sinned, Jesus said it's covered in my blood, and the devil's saying Joel's worthless, and Jesus say no, he's more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. The devil says Joel, you're a loser. Jesus says no, he's a blood-bought child of the one most high living God, and you have no authority over him. So the devil's accusing but Jesus is knocking down everything Thing that he says before it gets to God because he's interceding while the devil's accusing and that's why you're always victorious in Christ Jesus. You see, some of y'all, some of y'all are happy now. <laughs> that's good to see because, man, I, this is so powerful. If you'll learn that the only thing Satan means is accuser and he hates you, that every time you read Satan, it's like, oh, that's the one who hates me. and He's accusing me before God. Factually or non-factually, he's accusing me before God. And every time you see Jesus, he's the one who intercedes and fights for me all the time. And we know Jesus already defeated Satan on the cross of Calvary. And Satan is still defeated today, even in the heavens. And so as we go through this, you have devil, which means the one who hurls thoughts at you trying to break through your barriers. You got Satan, which literally means the one who accuses the brothers. But then you got this term called angel of light in second corinthians eleven fourteen, 14 and it says and no wonder for even satan the accuser disguises himself as an angel of light so you have the accuser who's disguising himself as an angel of light remember when we talked about unforgiveness and how shiny this chain looked how neat it would be oh unforgiveness i'll just carry you around oh i'll just deal with you oh i'll just do all this stuff with you see he's masquerading that unforgiveness is an amazing thing and you'll you'll hurt the other person if you walk in unforgiveness he's masquerading as the bible says as an angel of light that means he's falsely representing who christ is And, and just remember this anything the devil brings it's the antithesis of the kingdom god says walk by faith the devil says live in fear God says, uh, forgive others, you'll be forgiven. The devil says, walk in unforgiveness, it's a better way. The Bible says, if you want to be gain, gain blessing in your life, give in every area, happiness, love, joy, money, everywhere else, and it shall be given back to you. The devil says, if you want to gain a, ho- a foothold in life, keep your money and, t- and step on everybody you can. So the angel of light who masquerades is Satan, and he does everything just the exact opposite of what God does. And so what does all this mean when you place it all together? It means that this, Satan is his proper name, the devil is his plan of action, and the angel of light is his mode of operation. Okay, It means Satan is the proper name, the one who hates you and accuses you. Uh, his plan of action is simply this, to throw stuff at you all day long until it breaks down your defenses and you let him in. And then the angel of light comes in who is masquerading, which is his mode of operation. say, there's a better way than God. We, we, we read the Garden of Eden story all the time. And say, how did they fall for this? The same way you're falling for it. He masqueraded himself as an angel of light and he walked in there and said but did God really say Here's the problem: He got him to thinking he got him to thinking and questioning God the devil accusing him accusing him accusing him And Satan had his way because they fell into sin. He does the same thing today So how do we counteract this? How do we do this? What is the battle plan that we have for this? Well, well God gives it to us through the Apostle Paul There's a reason God gave us the full armor of God or the attire that we should wear in the body of Christ. And so we're going to start out today talking about the belt of truth, the belt of truth. And we're going to start reading in Ephesians chapter number 6 and verse number 10. And it says this, finally be strong in the Lord. So if it says finally, it means you got six previous chapters that you better go back and catch up on. If it says finally, it means, oh, he's at the end, not at the beginning. That means this isn't the starting place. That means you need to, uh, in Ephesians, earlier chapters, says walk in forgiveness, walk in love, all those things. It deals with a lot of those issues. So if it's saying finally, it means if you hadn't read the first five chapters, you need to go back and read them before this will actually be, be max use and beneficial to you. Okay, so finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might not your own strength Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil Remember the schemes of the devil as he operates as the angel of light That's his mode of operation deceiving you So you can stand against the schemes or the deceitfulness of the devil who is constantly hurling stuff at you all day For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers and against authorities and against cosmic powers over this present darkness and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, what does therefore mean? It means it's there for a reason. All right, so go back and read. What did we just read? It's saying therefore, this is what you do because who you're wrestling we talked about wrestling last week and being being in full training Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all you can do to stand stand firm stand Therefore what's that? Therefore therefore it's telling you how to stand and the previous therefore was therefore because it was telling you what you're battling so you got what you're battling how you're going to battle it, now it's telling you how to stand in it. And it says, having fastened the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, as we begin this, it says, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. And when it says, stand therefore, how do you stand? The Bible says you stand literally, as what we talked about last last week, as a pancratist. Pancratist, pan Pan meaning all, uh, kratos meaning power. We stand as a believer who is endowed with all power from on high. That's how you stand. Some of you are just like, I just can't stand no more. I'm so tired. God ain't tired. The Bible says He don't sleep or slumber. I just can't go on. I'm so worn out and weary. The Bible says that you're going to run and not grow weary, walk and not faint. What's the deal? you say, like, oh, I just can't go on anymore. The Bible says when you've done all you can do to stand, stand. The problem is, is you're trying to stand in your own strength, your own might, with your own protection, with your own power, when God says don't stand like that. <laughs> because he said you're physical trying to deal with the spiritual. Let me be in you and you be in me, and that therefore the, the spiritual can deal with the spiritual. And let the Spirit of God begin to deal with you. So you're literally supposed to stand as a mighty, valiant warrior endowed with all power. So you need to get a picture of that in your head. Think of the great movies of old that have these awesome gladiator-type warriors with the helmets and the armor and everything else on. You need to picture that as you. You don't need to picture yourself putting on the armor, okay? You need to see yourself spiritually in who God said you are, not with your physical body in a mirror where you're sticking a helmet on your head. Because here's the issue. You should be way more spiritually strong than you are physically strong. I said, should be. You should be way more spiritually strong than you should be physically strong. Because the Bible says working out or physical training profiteth little, but spiritual training has great effects. I'm telling you, y'all know I love to physically work out, but if my physical workout ever gets more than my spiritual workout, we're all in trouble. So we better get spiritual training in place. And that's what last week's message was all about. And then it goes on to like having fastened the belt of truth now this is kind of interesting that paul would start with the belt of truth all of us when we picture the full armor of god the belt of truth it's kind of the last thing we want to put on i guess this just fits in here somewhere it's the non-glamorous it's the non glorious it's not the sword Woo, we love the sword problem is most of us use the sword like we did when we were three years old we're chasing people around the house and we're doing more damage than good come on amen or oh me come on now y'all know i'm right we want to use the shield oh look at my big shield of faith More like you're hiding behind a shield of fear, hoping it's faith. And and then we say, oh, we got these awesome shoes on that I can walk in peace. And we'll get into shoes next week. We got this beautiful breastplate on. Woo! It looks good. We'll talk about that some today. And we got this helmet, (laughs) this amazing helmet. Y'all know the, the, the thing out there right now. It's called fat heads. I think we got a lot of believers that got fat heads. Here's what I mean. We got this big old head with this big old helmet on because that's all we know about being a believer is that I'm saved and going to heaven one day. And we got a fat head with a weak body. We got a ton of knowledge up here, but we don't have the body to sustain it. We've got a ton of intellect in here, but we haven't done the physical training to literally carry the armor in our heads weighing heavy because we got this big old helmet on this big old fat head. Some of y'all are mad at me. I ain't talking about you physically, all right? So we got this, and then we got weakness throughout the rest of us. And Paul begins to start out this message with the belt of truth. And remember, we talked about the specific order that it's going to be in. Now listen, it says, and then having fastened on the belt of truth, the most amazing thing about the belt of truth is this. It's the only spiritual piece of armor that's actually physical. The belt of truth is the only spiritual piece of armor that is actually physical. It is talking about the written word of truth. The written, physical, tangible word of God. And some of you say, well, the Bible says the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, that's the Word of God because the Bible says so. I know that, but it's talking about the rhema or illuminated Word of God, not the written and logos Word of God because you can't have the illuminated without first understanding the written. You cannot have the revelation and the illumination of the sword of the Spirit and the helmet of salvation without first dedicating time to the written. And yes, I am a Bible-believing pastor in a Bible-believing church That's why we're called The Way Bible Church. And that's not popular in today's world, and I don't care. Okay? I believe this. This is my baby. This is my cornerstone. This is my rock. When I can't hear God spiritually, I know there's still truth in this, and if I'll just get in this, it'll begin to break open whatever's hindering me spiritually. The written word of God cannot be compromised in your life. The written Word of God is the Logos Word of God. It is called the Word of Truth. And Paul starts with the belt of truth because without this in place, nothing else happens in the armor of God. Without this firmly in place, Rick Warren said it best. He said, I don't understand how people can call themselves a believer and never read the Bible. And he's a pastor in a church in California. <laughs> Think he didn't get stuff for that. I don't understand it either. How can we say we're going to heaven? We believe this is perfect through and through when you haven't even read it cover to cover. Come on, I'm not hurting your feelings. I'm trying to train you for battle. It's getting battle ready. It's getting battle ready. This is not an indictment on you as a Christian that you should leave here with a guilt trip. This is getting you battle ready. When you're working out in a gym, it doesn't always feel good when the muscle starts hurting a little bit, (laughs) but it's getting you physically ready for whatever you're training for. I'm not indicting you. I'm not condemning you. I'm not putting guilt on you. I'm telling you, if you're going to train up your child in the way that you go, this is the way to do it. If you're going to be victorious in your life, this is the only way to go about it. If you're going to be a stable Christian and a believer, the word of God must be paramount and it must be prominent in every area of your life. And, and by the way, I'm passionate about the word of God, right? Right? I'm passionate. I love it. I love to read it man. I I don't like it when y'all text me when I'm reading my Bible That's why I don't answer them sometimes because this is prominent This is first so much and I'm gonna tell on myself dadgum. I'm running way late I'm gonna tell on myself that nothing goes on top of my Bible Nothing in my backpack. It's the first book on my house when it's in my on the table There's not a coffee cup that ever gets set on it. I don't set my phone on top of it. It's paramount guys well, that's just silly. Then understand that if that's so silly and, and it's worthy just to be thrown on the dash of your car and the covers are all wrinkled, not because you've been opening it, because the sun's just... And you tell me you're going to heaven with that kind of faith in this word. I'm serious about the word of God. I'm passionate about the word of God because it changes things in your life. That's how you were saved is by the word of God, the word of truth and so as we go on the belt the belt of truth the word of god the written word of god literally it holds everything else together in the armor if you'll study this armor the belt of truth was put in place and the breastplate that you put on hooks to the belt of truth so when you're running or riding a horse the breastplate ain't popping up and hitting you in the head so the breastplate of righteousness, and we all love righteousness. We're righteousness, it's our position in Jesus, all those things. We love it, but if it's not hooked to the belt of truth, your righteousness, it's not going to do you very much good unless you know the truth about your righteousness. Listen, that big shield of faith you carry, that you're so love and you're so proud because you're a man and woman of faith, there was a hook on the belt because the shield of faith is heavy that it would rest on the belt and so you could carry it without all the weight being on this side and you ain't walking like this. It would rest on there so it would be, the weight of it would be sustained by the rest of the core, the strongest part of your body. The shield would rest on it. The sheath for your sword of faith, or or the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, held it. It was held by the belt. Listen, guys, everything was contingent on the belt, the Word of Truth. The one thing that wasn't was salvation because that's on Christ and Christ alone. But you got to know the truth about your salvation still. And so the belt was the most worthy piece of equipment. If you didn't put the belt on first or right, nothing worked. It's the same way in your Christian walk. You wonder how some people, wow, how do you get in the presence of God in the midst of worship? People who can hear God in worship have a word place right in their life. Okay, and a lot of Christians say, well, I want to see this, I want to do this. Nothing works in your life without the written Word of God being in place. Your worship will not be effective. Your, your prayer life will not be effective. Your church life will not be effective. Your gifts and your callings will not be effective without the Word of God firmly in place. I tell, I tell Mitch, and I hope he tells the worship team this all the time, I say, Mitch, the one thing I want you to do is I want you to study the Word of God because you can't lead worship right without the Word of God being firmly in place. So he spends time studying the scriptures. Damon knows it. Jeff knows it. That's why in your base groups, every day has scripture in it. I mean, we understand that the word of God, the written word of God, must be in a place because this is absolute truth, and it will change factual environments. Fact was, you were once lost, and now you're saved, right? The word of truth changed the factual environment, and it made you The part of who you're called to be. The belt of truth is literally this. It's your spiritual sight. When you have this belt of truth firmly in place, you wear the rest of the armor confident. You have it firmly in place. Get this. It's not long once you've been reading that a while, you'll begin to see how the devil begins to work. And the minute somebody at your work pops off and says a smart aleck remark about you, instead of going off like you used to, you just look over and laugh and say, "Devil, you got that's all you got." It's your spiritual sight because the spirit of God on the inside of you will quicken and say. Don't go there. That's the devil trying to draw you away from my presence. I'm gonna give you a blessed day, and he's trying to ruin it before it starts. Right? It literally is this: it is your spiritual sight. And so once you have the belt uh, the belt of truth firmly in place, it says then, and then having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Note this, please note this. God did not give us a breastplate, he gave us righteousness that works like a breastplate. God did not give us a belt, he gave us truth that works as a belt. Okay, so I know you got these images in your head of armor, but he didn't give us armor necessarily. He is, it's, the, it's, what it looks, it's the purpose of it. It's how it acts. So he gave us righteousness that works as a breastplate. He gave us truth that works like a belt. In this process, we've got to keep that straight. The literal armor of God was this. It was made of brass, and it was two pieces. It was the most beautiful and elaborate piece of all the armor. The breastplate and the helmet were the most notable and noticeable pieces of the armor. Many times the breastplate was layered like fish scales for or mobility and efficiency. The front and the back were held together on the shoulders by a ring. And I've heard a lot of people say, well, the only place you never had armor on the body of Christ was in the back because you're never supposed to retreat. That's great and that's very cliche, but that's not the truth. It's not. The breastplate literally had this. It had a ring here and you put the front on and the back on. You put it on like a shirt and it covered the front. And the front went down here and then it also had pieces that covered the legs. The back went down here and it also had pieces that covered the back. There was armor all the way around you. God's not going to leave the enemy for an attack because the enemy doesn't always hit you straight on. You can be advancing going forward with the gospel like never before and the enemy can creep up behind and stab you in the back. I mean, I'm just telling you, God's smarter than the enemy. So he gave you armor that's fully suited. And the front started at the very tip of the neck right here and went all the way down for complete covering. I'm going to hit this real quick. The breastplate was brass and it was made of two pieces. And if the breastplate is righteousness, your righteousness is the same. It's very strong and it's powerful and it's made of two pieces. You got what Jesus did and you got how you walk in it. You got what Jesus did. Jesus did it all and that's what brought you your righteousness. How you walk in it is your deal. This is why so many times throughout the series we've emphasized in him. Stay in him. To have victory it must be in him. So how you walk in it and what Christ did are the two parts of your righteousness. You better start walking in a realm of righteousness. I don't ever know of a soldier that when they got up, and if you're in the military current day or even back then, you got up and you just decided to leave your armor off, and I'm just going to go see what the battle looks like. (laughs) Did you ever hear something like that? Of course not. We got Christians who do it all the time. Start your day without the word of God. You're going to battle without your armor. And and, and it's something that we got to get right. It was the most beautiful and elaborate piece The breastplate was made of layered brass and it did the opposite of what you would think. As the brass rubbed together, a lot of people think it'd be worn out and scratched and everything like that. But listen, the brass did something very different. As it began to rub together over time, it would gain its own unique luster and it actually would become more shiny as it went on. So the the oldest veteran warriors that were out there literally had the shiniest breastplates that were out there, not because of lack of use, but because of the more you use it, the more luster it gains. Oh, some of y'all ought to be set free. That's shouting right there. Your righteousness, the more you use it, the brighter it becomes. It doesn't wear out. The fact is, the more you use it, the better you get with it. The more you use it, the shinier and stronger of a believer you become. The more you use it and the more experienced you get with it, the more luster it begins to have and it begins to be noticed. And if you have ever seen a piece of brass that has just been stuck in a cabinet, what do you got to do when you get it out to use it? you got to shine it because it has no use it hadn't been used a lot of christians in their righteousness have that issue you got to pull it out and shine it up every sunday if we come to church make <laughs> it may look like i used it this week when if you would use it every day on a daily basis, the natural flow of how their armor was and the bending in the movie, it would rub together and it would keep it shine all by itself. You don't got to help the righteousness of Jesus become shiny. You just got to wear it every day and Jesus will do his own thing in your life and watch his righteousness burst forth like the noonday sun and show an example to the world. It's the armor of God. It's not the armor of you that you have to sustain. It's the armor of God and finally... The breastplate and the helmet were the most notable pieces of armor. Our righteousness, and I say our righteousness, well, Jesus said your righteousness is a filthy rags, but are you born again? If you're born again, the Bible says he took your sin, and you became, not that you have, you became the righteousness of Christ. So it is your righteousness that he has now put you as steward over. Uh, Understand that. It's still his, but it's yours. that He he says you're supposed to manage. Listen, the, the helmet and the breastplate were the most notable two things on all of the armor. Get this, as a believer, the two things people should notice the most is number one, that you're saved, number two, how you're walking it out in your righteousness. And so if we are going to be battle ready, we must begin to know the truth about our righteousness and the truth comes from the written word of God. Our righteousness was given to us by Jesus that we must put into use to be battle ready. Understand this, church, to be battle ready Why are you going to wait till tomorrow when the battle hits to start using your armor? This morning in about 20 seconds, we're going to have an altar call. Some of you hadn't prayed in a week. Well, let's start using stuff. Some of you hadn't read the Bible in a month in a quiet time or just picked out a verse of scripture. Well, let's start using it. Here is what church is for. It is not for us to fight against each other, but it is for us to help train ourselves up in the most holy and precious faith. So when we go out there to where the fight is not on our territory, we know how to use it. You want to know why the Bible says lay your hands on other believers so that way when you go out there you're used to laying your hands on people and the sick will recover out there as well as in the church. You want to know why the Bible says to pray for one another and lift them up in the most holy and precious faith because when you'll do it in here and you've practiced it in here it becomes easy out there. You want to know why the Bible says that when you walk out this walk of righteousness people will begin to notice because when you do it in here and you get it shiny and worked in here when you walk out there it takes a little bit before the world gets junk all over it and your walk should be noticeable to other people. This morning... There is nothing in this message that was condemning. So if you feel condemned, that's already the devil throwing stuff at you, trying to break through your head before you even get out of church. The Satan has already masqueraded, even in here, as an angel of light to some of you because you feel beat up, broken down, and crushed. And I just don't read my Bible enough. I can't do this enough. Listen, stop. Stop. Because here's the deal. Jesus didn't come to condemn you. He came to save you. This word that was delivered to you this morning about these two pieces of attire and armor will save you this week if you'll use them. Literally, it'll save you. Save you from things, circumstances, environments, and situations. But some of you have already let the devil in your head because he's hurled stuff at you of guilt and condemnation and just said, well, I'm just not worthy to be to do this. You're worthy because you're here. You're worthy because the blood of Jesus has already paid the price. You're worthy if you're called a believer to rise up and be somebody you ain't ever been before. Rise up with the word of truth. Rise up in the righteousness that you know is yours. Because listen, all week long, the enemy's gonna come at you and, and, and argue with you against your righteousness. But listen, he always is before the throne hurling accusations. Jesus ever lives to intercede for me and for you. So whatever the facts say, Jesus says, but my blood's greater. My blood's more powerful.